everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. I wanted to quickly say it. Trying to recover. <laughs> we, we took a little shot before we started this and... It's still haunting us. I feel it in my chest. <laughs> Making its yeah. way down. Bernie. Making its way down. Down. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Burning fast. <laughs> you should write jokes. <laughs> Speaking of... Do you have any good jokes? Um, most of my jokes come from TikTok. Okay. Uh, so what do you call a dog that can do magic? A magic dog. <laughs> a magician hound. A magician woof. I love these answers. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say close second. You but love magic dog. <laughs> magician hound is what she said. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, I'd go with a Labracadabrador. Oh, that is clever. Thank you. Do you guys have jokes? What do you call a naked whale? Um, a sexy uh, beluga. It's free willy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what willy are they freeing? <laughs> willy. willy. Okay. What if it's a female? I don't know. Boydston. Free, free Willina. Willamina. <laughs> Willamina is a name. Willina is not. <laughs> free Free Wolva. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Absolutely not. Please Free tell me another joke. No. <laughs> you guys made my joke worse. So it's supposed to be dirty. Free wooderus. What starts with an F <laughs> and ends with uck? Obviously fuck. Abby. Yeah. Um fr- free then it wouldn't be a joke. Wait, hold on. Free oak. Um, um full fluck. 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 Final answer. <laughs> Fire truck. Oh. Obviously. <laughs> we were close. You're making up your own words. <laughs> Fluke. <laughs> Tell me another joke. I need a joke now. Do you have a joke? Um, I do. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's got to be great. Why? Um, why can't chicken chickens fly? <laughs> because their heads are chopped off. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> their wings just are too short to fly. <laughs> because. <laughs> It's just because they can't. I can't with you. You like my chicken noise? That was a very good chicken Ew. noise. I was not expecting it. I've got two more jokes. Okay, one's ready. kind of a downer and one's funny. Oh, well, jokes are not supposed to be downers. So. Downer? Okay. I think I'm I missing mean, the point of the joke. It's, we're going for dark humor. Here. Okay, dark humor. I like dark Let's humor. So you're choosing? Sure. Yeah. Okay, why couldn't Professor Snape teach herbology? Oh, um, and this is the sad one. I don't want to. I, mm. I don't know. Uh, because he couldn't even keep a lily alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I broke Lindsay. <laughs> My heart. He tried so hard. Was so mean. That was okay. a little blow. You gotta blame TikTok. Give me a happy joke, please. What kind of a dog lives in a toilet? Toilet dog. It's a... Uh, wait, a poop potty Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, it's a poodle. I'm going to put it out of misery. That's good. A poodle. 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 Like poops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly poops, like poop. Plural. <laughs> <laughs> you have the poops. <laughs> That's the end of my jokes. A shih tzu. Oh, okay. That would have been a good one, too. See if you would have given me five <laughs> seconds longer. It still would have been wrong. was getting there, though. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. That was an alternative, yeah. alternate answer. Alternate answer. Alternative. <laughs> like emo. 
<laughs> it's an alternative answer. Um, the Shih Tzu has his hair over one eye. <laughs> flat ironed. <laughs> it's Some a scene dog. Black eyeliner. <laughs> yes. Some piercings. <laughs> it likes the alternative scene. <laughs> Oh no, oh. oh no, the shot's hitting. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> what does a dirty bus station and a lobster with a boob job have in common? I know this and I need to get it right. Um, one is a dirty bus station and one is a busty crustacean. One is a crusty bus station and one is a busty crustacean. Oh, I like it. I have a little play on words. I almost had it. You're, you're a real very Taylor Swift over there. I did not come up with this joke. In <laughs> your own lyrics. Before we talk about what we're talking about tonight, because it's uh, my <clears throat> my topic, it's my turn to talk about things. Ooh, what are we going to talk about? It's a surprise. Okay. I and love surprise stories. Before you hear the surprise, <laughs> you're going to have to focus. Oh, focus is not my strong suit. I don't know if you knew that. I knew that about oh, Sarah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, everybody knows. I am shocked. <laughs> well, I've been trying to get better at focusing. How have you been trying to get better with focusing? Well, I found this little wellness shot. Okay. That is supposed to promote energy and focus. We like shots. Finergy. Finergy. What? Uh, sounds like Finnergan. No, it sounds like, yeah. <clears throat> Enerocus. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a disease. <laughs> she was saying like energy shot. Yes, I got it. Interocus. I mm. energy and focus. Energy and focus. How does how do you get ocus from? I don't shot? know. I said it back, and I was like, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> I don't yes. like inner focus. Inner ocus. Inner ocus. I don't like it either. I could just stick with energy and focus. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So. What is this? What I think are... we need both. <laughs> Help us out. None of us can focus right now. <laughs> well, then maybe we should consider this. But actually, you're supposed to take it three days in a row. And it's called Magic Mind. And it is an energy and focus boosting wellness shot. To for your su- brain. To support the magic of the mind. To support your own magic mind. Yes. My mind is magical. Yeah. My favorite thing, though, about it is it's small. It's only two ounces. So everyone knows I'm a slow shot taker. And that's for the big shots, right? So if I can have a smaller quantity, I can do it. I can do it successfully. Lindsay would be proud of me. Because she's not throwing away her shot. The magic mind number is two ounces, and I can do that. Okay. Yes. You would think that something that's like full of natural things and healthy things would be kind of gross, but it's really not. No, it's got a hint of sweetness. It's just perfect. And I like it because you can add it to your daily caffeine routine if you're a coffee drinker like me and you need just a little bit more, but you're not quite ready to have that second cup of coffee, then just it helps you out. And and these natural ingredients make me feel good about what I'm drinking. A little bit of sweetness to your coffee. Yeah. Or I don't drink it in my coffee, but I could try that. If you're not a coffee drinker and kind of try and stay away from most caffeine, then this is a pretty good alternative because the caffeine content is pretty low. Right. It's 55 and, milligrams. Yep. And it's replaced that rest of the caffeine content that you would get in the coffee with some good stuff. Good for your brain stuff. Yeah. And we know you guys can relate to us. We work long hours. We have really jacked up sleep schedules due to work, but also... As you know, we love to go on investigations overnight, and sometimes that messes up our sleep schedule just a little bit. A lot. (laughs) 
So before every investigation or during investigations, we're throwing back energy drinks, coffee. We're loading up on all of the caffeine. Yeah. So any to get us through the night. Any way we can cut back on that and still have energy and focus, we are all about that life. It's probably healthier <laughs> to not have a high heart rate or have your heart skip a beat. I'm sorry. Right. Is like three to four cups of coffee a day bad? <laughs> Plus energy drinks? Maybe. Yeah. Depends on who you ask. Well, I you know. guys are the medical professionals here. I'm going to say no. It's probably not a great idea. I know I mentioned a couple times that it has, you know, natural ingredients, which we can all appreciate as opposed to our you know, energy drinks. It balances out the Taco Bell we have before each <laughs> investigation. Does. We after. appreciate that. After. after. We do eat Taco Bell after. Yeah. It has matcha. You know matcha. I do like matcha. You do? I like a good matcha tea. And it also has the hip ingredient, ashwagandha. I have had like actually a friend who's taking some ashwagandha supplements and really likes the effect of those. Yeah. I'm excited to see how this is going to help me um, long term. You know, I've only taken it for several days in a row now and I'm going to continue doing it. And I hope that it continues to help with stress and anxiety. So we totally recommend it for those of you who are looking for a another way to help with your focus and energy. So if this sounds like something that you might be interested in, go to magicmind.co slash the tipsy ghost. That's Magic Mind, M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot co slash the tipsy ghost. And if you enter in the tipsy ghost, you can get up to 50% off your subscription for the next 10 days. You should do it. Are we focused now? Because we talked about focusing. It did help even to just talk about it and help us focus back in on what we were talking about. I would like to focus on my story. I would love to hear your story. Are you guys interested? Always. In learning about. Yes. Typhoid Mary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you said yes. Actually, no. Really. Can you please pick another topic right now? <laughs> I was going to tell you anyway. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So most of us know the basics of the story of Typhoid Mary, a cook who infected a lot of people with typhoid, right? And her name was Mary. Gross. And her name was Mary. Yes. I wanted to die. I wanted Whoa. to. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I wanted to dive a little deeper because I've always been interested in the story in general because it's medical. Um, and I wanted more details than she just infected a lot of people. Why, Mary? What is your motive? Give us the deets. Let us understand you. First, let's talk about the bacteria itself to get some, lay some groundwork for the rest of the story. The the tiff, the typh, what do people call it? The typh? It's called typhoid fever. I know, but what should we call it? T-fever. T-F. T-fever. I'll tell you what the abbreviation is. So typhoid fever is a bacterial infection caused by the bacterium Salmonella typhi, which we can abbreviate as S-typhi or Stiphy. Stiphy. Saltai. Love it. Okay. Saltai is cool too. Thank you. I like Stiphy. This Rude. is... <laughs> This is closely related to the bacteria and sometimes is the bacteria that causes salmonella food poisoning. When you eat the eggs and that cookie dough. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out what you said. The the (laughs) meggs. I heard that too. When you eat them eggs. (laughs) Them eggs. Yeah. Okay. When you eat them eggs and that cookie dough. I was trying to figure out what the meggs were. Have you ever known anybody that's been poisoned by salmonella? Only you. (laughs) I have known you. (laughs) It's me. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, I, um, fun fact, had to be hospitalized for five days because I ate raw, it's actually right, raw cake batter, but it's the same thing, raw eggs, and I was poisoned with salmonella. And now that I think about it, I'm curious what type of salmonella I had because 
it basically branches into two things, Salmonella typhimurium and Salmonella enteritidis. Okay. So I may or may not have had typhoid. Get your medical records. Stat. I should. I'm pretty curious, actually. So, Typhoid um, Mary came back to haunt you. I know. Through the, the cake batter. Turns out I'm Typhoid Sarah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. So typhoid is a highly infectious bacteria and can be spread by food or water contaminated with the salmonella bacterial bacteria, generally from contaminated urine or feces. Ew. Yeah. That's not so cool. So you ate poop? No. No. <laughs> I mean, technically, maybe, that time, maybe chicken poop. I don't know. <laughs> Why did I hear it came from the, the shells? So uh, I looked it up. It, if the chicken eats contaminated poo, then it can become systemic. And then whenever they lay the eggs, it can be, it can have salmonella. But also it gets tricky because if you don't store eggs at the correct temperature, then they can have a higher incidence of salmonella. Interesting. So, let's be honest. I don't know. But we're just going to continue on with the story. Got it. Okay. Typhoid fever can be spread through the body and can cause serious complications and can even be fatal. Common signs and symptoms include high fever, vomiting, and diarrhea, but left untreated can lead to things like gastrointestinal bleeding, inflamed liver, gallbladder, or heart inflammation, septic shock, and encephalopathy. Not... Great. None those of those are things all bad suck. things. Yeah. I mean, um, all of those things suck. <laughs> Not none of them. We'll move on to the star of the story. Mary Mallon was born in 1869 in Cookstown, Ireland. Ooh. Mary. Mary. Mary Bear. Eminem. It's rumored that her mother was infected with the typhoid fever bacteria during pregnancy, and that is why she ended up being a carrier. But honestly, it just seems to be a theory. So we're really not sure how she became a carrier. She immigrated to the United States in 1883 at the age of 15, living with her aunt and uncle while working as a maid. She eventually became a cook for eight different affluent families in New York City from 1900 to 1907. First, in the year 1900, she worked at Mamaroneck, New York. Never heard of it. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. <laughs> Within two weeks of her employment, the residents of the home developed typhoid fever and she bounced. Mm -hmm. She said, I infected you and now I'm leaving. She's like, oh, this is weird. I oh, should go now. Mm -hmm. She moved to Manhattan in 1901, cooking for another family. Members of that family developed diarrhea and fevers. So she left. She is the OG plague spreader. <laughs> she said that again. <laughs> My words slow down. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> she is the OG plague spreader. In 1904, she went to work for a lawyer, and soon after she started work, four of the seven servants became ill. Good. Gracious, Mary. So no family members became sick, and that's what's kind of interesting because she was the cook for the family, but she probably cooked for everybody. So um, the family actually lived in a house separate from the servants in this case, and the servants had their own house that they lived in together. Hmm. Okay. Either way, she left. Why does she leave every time someone gets sick? I like, 
I think she knows. So they oh. can't track it down. I was going to say, is she afraid of getting sick herself? Or no. Is- no. She already was sick, right? Uh, no. She's a carrier. carrier. She's a carrier. Um, immediately after that outbreak, she moved to Tuxedo Park and was hired by a George Kessler. Two weeks later, the laundry worker in the household got infected and was sick enough to be taken to the hospital. There was an official investigation, and it was concluded that the laundry worker herself had caused the outbreak. Oh, of course. But there wasn't any actual evidence for that conclusion, and the worker died pretty soon after she was accused of infecting herself. So again, Mary left her position as cook for that family. In 1906, Mary Mallon was hired by the family of a wealthy banker, Charles Henry Warren. She went with the family as they rented a summer house in Oyster Bay on Long Island. Within eight days, six of the 11 people in the family had typhoid fever. Jeez, Mary. And surprisingly, Mary left. Not cool, Mary. Mary, your resume does not look great. She's the worst. She's hopping from place to place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine it takes long to infect people. No. The landlord of the rental house got nervous that he would never be able to rent the house again with a history of typhoid, um, the outbreak. So he hired several independent experts in an effort to find the source of the infection and hopefully get rid of it. They took water samples from pipes, faucets, toilets, and the cesspool. All of the samples ended up being negative for typhoid. And at the end of that same year, Mary was hired by the Bowen family who lived on Park Avenue. Ooh, fancy. Very fancy. Their maid was sick within weeks, and soon after, two other servants had been hospitalized. And to top it off, the family's daughter became sick with typhoid, and she actually ended up dying. So enter George Sopper. All right. Hi, George. Hi, George. He's entered. He was one of the investigators for Oyster Bay, the summer home outbreak. He caught on that several well-to-do families in the surrounding areas had been dealing with typhoid outbreaks. And this particular strain of typhoid, the one that causes typhoid fever, was generally a disease that occurred in unsanitary conditions, which are the opposite of what you would assume for wealthy families. Mm Mm-hmm. He soon discovered that a female Irish cook was involved in all of the outbreaks. Weird. Weird. He was unable to track her down because she had a tendency to leave her position after an outbreak began. And unfortunately, she never left a forwarding address. Conveniently. Right. I'm sure it was an accident. Probably. Yeah. For Luckily, for the investigation, not for the families, um, he learned of the Bowen family's Park Avenue outbreak as it happened, and this allowed him the opportunity, opportunity to find the mystery female Irish cook, Mary Mallon. Mm. So, Sopper met with Mary in the Bowen's kitchen and immediately accused her of spreading the disease. He apparently was aggressive with his approach, and Mary got mad and threatened him with a carving fork. No. Oh, Mary. Not the fork. Those things are sharp. Mary, that's for carving the turkeys. They're like mini pitchforks. They are. They're big ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like your salad fork. Right. 
Got it. They're medium-sized forks. Bigger than a salad fork, but not as <laughs> but big as a pitchfork. Smaller than a pitchfork. Pitch yes. Okay. Got it. Medium. <laughs> Got it. So then he asked for samples from her, but Typhoid Mary was Mad Mary at the time. So surprisingly, <laughs> she refused to give him any samples. I like that. She's like, no pee or poop from me. How dare you accuse me of spreading the typhoid? But she had an Irish accent. It is a coincidence that so many people around me are getting it. I was hoping you would do that I sentence in your do best it. Irish accent. I know. I I don't even know how I to know. do that. I know. I couldn't accent. either. I'll have to practice. Sorry. We'll get back to that. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Sopper's next option was to compile a five-year work history for Mary, and that is when he found that of the eight families that had hired her as a cook, seven of them claimed to have contracted typhoid fever. Uh-oh, Mary. It's pretty incriminating. So his theory on how she spread the germs was this. The cooked meals were not the issue. Not only did she not properly wash her hands, if she washed them at all, but she was known for her peach ice cream, which was ice cream with cut up peaches, cut up raw peaches. Okay. So the idea would be that she had germs on her hands from whatever she did in the bathroom or not, cut the peaches, and then picked them up with her bare germy hands and mixed them into the ice cream where it was later consumed by others. Because obviously you don't heat ice cream. Barf. You just freeze it. Mary, so you were not washing your hands. Do you think she was intentionally wiping her butt without anything? I think she just probably didn't know the effects of good hand washing. You are giving her a lot of credit. I am. I'm trying to. Then Sopper tracked down Mary's boyfriend because oh. apparently Typhoid Mary had a boyfriend. <laughs> Good even, for her. Even people with poor hand hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine how gross everything was? Hmm. I don't want to go there. Thank you. Um, he found out where the boyfriend lived and arranged to meet there to have another discussion with Mary. He brought a Dr. Hubler to try and persuade her to give them samples of the urine and stool for analysis, but Mary refused to cooperate. She believed that the typhoid was everywhere and that the outbreaks occurred because of the contaminated food and water, mm. but not because of her. Okay. Okay. No. So remember, medicine has come a very long way since yes, then. And at the time, the concept of being a healthy carrier wasn't a thing. By then, Sopper had enough information, even without her samples, and published his findings on a June 15th, 1907 article in the Journal of American Medical Association. He wrote, quote, It was found that the family changed cooks on August 4th. This was about three weeks before the typhoid, typhoid in epidemic broke out. The new cook, Malin, remained in the family only a short time and left about three weeks after the outbreak occurred. Malin was described as an Irish woman about 40 years of age, tall, heavy, and single. She seemed to be in perfect health. She had a boyfriend. Yes. But they weren't married. Okay, got it. Mary wasn't married. Got it. This publication caused a media frenzy, and almost immediately she was given the nickname Typhoid Mary, which, for the record, she hated. That's very clever. I mean, I would hate that nickname, too. What would you have called her? I mean, no, if I was Mary, I would hate being called Typhoid Mary. I know, I'm just saying, what would you have called her if it, Typhoid Mary's too obvious? I would have called her Typhoid Mary. <laughs> Find <laughs> of course her back. Would. Yeah. What, what would you, you have called her? I don't know. Disgusting hands, Mary. <laughs> Dirty Mary. <laughs> Say it three times. Wipes, the, your hand, the... wipes your butt with your bare hand, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and then makes peach ice cream. <laughs> That's a very long nickname. Fallon Malin. Ooh. Fallon? 
like, like foul. Oh, like foul. she's foul, and she's using her last name. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Hate them all. I feel like this next part should have maybe happened first, but uh, after the article, Sopper then notified the New York City Health Department. Probably should have done that first, yeah. but okay. Their investigators realized that Mary was a typhoid carrier, meaning that she didn't have any symptoms, but had the bacteria which she shed through her urine or stool. So naturally, she was arrested as a public health threat. Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. She was forced into an ambulance by five policemen. Gosh, Mary. And a Dr. Josephine Baker, who had to sit on top of Mary to restrain her for the entire ride to the hospital. A doctor sat on her? I'm not going to make excuses for her, but Dr. Baker was very passionate about hygiene and public health because her father had died of typhoid. Mm. You know, I mean, I get it. They're like, we're over this nice stuff. You need to go get tested. Yeah. Yeah. Wash your hands, Mary. That's what her nickname should be. Wash your hands, Mary. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Mary was transported to a Willard Parker hospital where she was restrained and forced to give samples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to use the restroom on her own for four straight days. Jeez. Because wow. they were trying to get a sample? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Impressively, they discovered that the massive amounts of typhoid bacteria in her stool samples indicated that the center of the infection was in her gallbladder. What? How did I, they know that? I don't know how they knew that, but it actually... the way her poop looked? Maybe. It comes into play a little later. <laughs> you can tell people have gallbladder issues by the way their poop looks. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. That's disgusting. <laughs> I didn't just make it up, I promise. <laughs> I... There are things I don't need to know. <laughs> I get that. Or see. There's things that I wish I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> I was impressed by them figuring that out because later studies have actually shown that the bacteria that cause typhoid fever do, in fact, cling to gallstones and then Weird. are shed through the gastrointestinal tract from there. Weird. So they knew what they were doing. Once she was officially questioned, Mary admitted that she almost never washed her hands. Ew, Mary. So this sounds terrible now, but again, consider that this was happening at the same time as a new novel theory was coming out about saying germs cause disease. Maybe we should wash our hands. Maybe so. Fun fact, it wasn't until the 1980s, the decade we were born, that hand hygiene was officially incorporated into American healthcare with the first national hand hygiene guidelines. That's very disturbing. Isn't it? Yeah, but they just, I mean, they knew about hand hygiene way before, like during war times. They knew, right? but Wasn't it was never important people enough. People weren't washing their hands after they pooped. No, I get that. <laughs> I get that. That's so disgusting <laughs> to me. And then they made your ice cream. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically, not washing your hands wasn't totally unusual. Yeah. However, it's still gross. On March 19th, 1907, Mary was sentenced to quarantine on North Brother Island. And while there, she gave stool samples and urine samples three times a week. There were suggestions to remove her gallbladder as it was the center of the infection, but Mary refused because she still didn't believe that she even carried the disease. She also was unwilling. Mary, you carry the disease. No, I don't. No, I don't. You're lying. (laughs) Is that like a thing, though? Like people remove your gallbladder to treat it? So they cling to gallstones and the gallstones shed the bacteria. So if you take your gallbladder out, you no longer have gallstones, so you won't shed the bacteria. Okay. Sounds like a good theory. It sounds like a good theory. I mean, yeah. I know we have different ways to treat it now, but back then I was like, would that have even worked? Okay. Right. I get it. This was 
pre-antibiotics too. Right. Penicillin didn't come until a few years later. Oh, penicillin. Darn it. So Mary was also unwilling to stop working as a cook because it was her highest paying job. She didn't come for money. She didn't have her own home. She was always on the verge of poverty. So she felt like cooking was her best source of income. Sopper visited Mary in quarantine and told her that he was going to write a book about the case and that he planned to give her part of the royalties. They're not BFFs, so she got angry and locked herself in the bathroom until he left. Because he's (laughs) writing about how disgusting she is. (laughs) But she would get money. I mean, yeah, but everyone's going to know you as Typhoid Mary. Well, yeah. Too late. It's already happening. I mean, it happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's already in motion. May as well get paid for it. I'd be pissed too. Hey, I'm going to write a book about how disgusting you are. And I'm going to have everyone calling you Typhoid Mary. I'll give you a couple cents, though. But I'll give you some money. Mm -hmm. Does that make it better? Yes, it does. (laughs) I can change my name. (laughs) They don't even have a driver's license. It's not that hard. Just change your name. It's true. Go by Linda. (laughs) Clean Mary. Clean Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Just change your name from Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Why Linda? Is it because you looked at me? (laughs) Not suspicious. (laughs) She's not changing her name to Linda. (laughs) (laughs) She's changed it to... Not Typhoid Mary Karen. or Linda. <laughs> okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, <laughs> not all medical experts thought forcing Mary to quarantine was the best idea. Some suggested that she just needed to be taught how to treat her condition and ensure that she wouldn't transmit typhoid to others, i.e. <sighs> not cooking for them. Mary, here's how you wash your hands. You say yeah. the ABCs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mary did end up having a nervous breakdown after her arrest and forced transportation to the hospital. In 1909, she tried to sue the New York Health Department, but it was eventually squashed in the New York Supreme Court. They're like, actually, you're gross. So you, <laughs> you lose. Mm-hmm. They were just holding her against her will in quarantine as well. So what's... she was a public health issue. Threat. She was a threat. She was a threat. Yeah. People think like you. Um, so she complained to her lawyer that she was treated like a guinea pig and was forced to give samples three times a week, yet was not allowed to see an eye doctor for six months for help with a paralyzed eyelid that forced her to bandage the no, eye stop. each night. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Oh my God. Mary's Why? just getting worse yeah. and worse. No. It, paralyzed she's, eyelid? Yes. Can't. She had to bandage it. Mm-mm. Nope. Moving. Now she's a pirate. We are pirate Mary. <laughs> moving past it. Arr, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Yar mateys. <laughs> Typhoid Mari. That's good. That's that good. Clever. I like Thank, that. You. Thank you. Can we please move past it now? Okay. Okay. So kind of supporting her guinea pig theory was her medical treatment. Right. She was giving urotropin, which was essentially a urinary antiseptic. But today, its compounds can be found in certain types of smokeless fuels that, oh by the way, have toxic fumes. Oh, my gosh. And Ooh. is used in a food preservative only authorized for use in Europe, but not allowed by the United States, Australia, New Zealand, or Russia. So does this mean they were administering it in her bladder? Like, what does this mean? Like, yeah, I'm confused. Like, a diuretic to make her pee more? Or? Um, it sounds like it I could have gone like, either fluid way. going into the bladder, trying to clean it. It might have been like a pill, but it also might have been some fluid that goes up. Oh, it was just okay. a urinary antiseptic. Got to it. try to like clean the urine. Was that their yeah. point? Right. Oh. So this nearly destroyed her kidneys. I'm sure. They also tried brewer's yeast, which they thought acted like a probiotic. Mm. They were also wrong. Also causes yeast infections. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Also laxatives, because I guess maybe she would poop all the typhoid out. Oh, gosh. Mm. Nope. 
Still convinced she wasn't a carrier, she got some help from a friend to get her samples to an independent laboratory, which it said all came back negative for typhoid. Hmm. But it was also reported that a quarter of her samples that she had given over two years on the island had also come back negative. So she wasn't constantly shedding the bacteria. So to me, that means that the independent lab may have just received the one out of four specimens that didn't actually contain the bacteria. They had a small sample, yeah. But honestly, who knows? The truth is that medicine isn't where it is now. They didn't have the antibiotics to fight the infection. Penicillin wasn't discovered until 1928. And the gallbladder surgery at the time was very dangerous and sometimes Mm -hmm. fatal. After two years and 11 months in quarantine, the New York State Commissioner of Health decided that carriers should no longer be kept in isolation and that Mary could be freed if she agreed to stop working as a cook to prevent further outbreaks. Okay, that's fair. And she agreed at this time and offered to sign an affidavit and was released in 1910. Mary got a job as a laundry worker, which paid $20 a month instead of the $50 per month she would get cooking. Mm. She somehow got a wound infection in her arm and she couldn't work for six months. So she tried for a few years not to go back to being a cook, but she was unsuccessful at any other job and ended up being uh, ended up returning to cooking for people. Uh oh! But in a different way. She tried to be crafty using fake names. Um, not typhoid Mary. No, <laughs> like Mary Brown. Okay, All which right. is funny because poop is brown. Ew. Mm-hmm. Is a hint. Yeah. Like I am, but you won't really know. You have to really think about it. (laughs) So she was recognized, though. No wealthy families would offer her a job. So she spent the next few years cooking for all the people, from restaurants to hotels. Oh, my gosh. No, Mary. Mary. (laughs) Wash your hands, Mary. Nope. Stop making peach ice cream. Yarg. (laughs) You can't make me. That's my pirate voice. (laughs) She's going to walk the plank here soon. (laughs) Yes, she is. Almost everywhere she worked ended up experiencing typhoid outbreaks. Mary! You don't say. (laughs) But she changed jobs so frequently that Sopper wasn't able to catch her. Until in 1915, she got a job as a cook at Sloan Hospital for Women. Mary. (laughs) Soon, 25 people were infected and two people died. Mary! (laughs) Sopper got involved. Keep saying her name. (laughs) It helps. In her disapproving mom voice. (laughs) Yes. She can hear you. (laughs) Sopper got involved and found that there were several servants that gave the same description of her. So it was obviously her. Mary tried to flee, but was caught and arrested by police as she was taking food to a friend on Long Island. Mary. Because her friend deserved typhoid food, <laughs> food too. She's even feeding it to her friends. How is she in this much denial still? Well, they were pretty mean to her, so she's probably pretty adamant. Like, it's not me. Mary was returned to quarantine on North Brother Island in <laughs> on March 27th, 1915. And that's pretty much where the story ends. She spent over 23 years on the island living oh in a private God. cottage and occasionally taking day trips to the mainland. But mostly, and most importantly, only cooking for herself. She was offered a job in the laboratory on the island where she washed bottles and prepared glasses for pathologists. Okay. On Christmas morning in 1932, a man came to deliver something to Mary and found her on the floor. She had had a stroke, leaving one side of her body paralyzed until she died of pneumonia in 1938 at the age of 69. Nine people came to her funeral. Aww. One source said that she was cremated and her ashes were 
buried in a cemetery in the Bronx. And another source said that her body was buried in a cemetery in the Bronx. And it mentions a post-mortem exam that confirms that she had salmonella typhi bacteria from her gallstones. But another source claims that she never had an autopsy. So who knows? Hmm. It's all just lore at this point. I would bet they would do an autopsy on her. You would think so. You would think. With- they were studying her while she was alive. So. Yeah. Why not do an autopsy? Yeah. Obviously, there has been a lot of discussion on the ethics of her treatment, and it's still hotly debated to this day, especially because by the time she died, health officials in New York had identified more than 400 other healthy carriers of salmonella typhi, yet none of them were forcibly confined. The total number of people affected is impossible to say because she didn't cooperate with health officials. So the cases that are directly correlated to her are 51 cases with three deaths, but it's estimated that she caused anywhere from three to 50 deaths and infected hundreds. Ultimately, she was the first individual who was found to be an asymptomatic carrier of the typhoid bacteria, and health officials had no idea how to deal with that. And fun fact, Typhoid Mary wasn't even the most lethal typhoid carrier in New York history. That honor went to Tony LaBella, Typhoid Tony, we're going to call him. Typhoid Tony. <laughs> yep. LaBella, a food worker who caused two outbreaks, including over 100 cases and five deaths. He's a food worker too. Yes. Wash your hands, people. Ew. Wash your hands. So that's the story of Typhoid Mary. It's actually pretty interesting. It's very sad. Very interesting. Yeah. You know what? I... I'm kind of embarrassed to say I don't think I knew the whole story about I didn't either. I didn't either until I looked it up. Oh. But it's pretty pertinent. And um, the takeaway is to wash your hands, um, to thoroughly cook (laughs) your eggs. Yes. And do um, not eat cake batter. Don't eat cake batter. Peach ice cream. Raw. Salmonella is really kind of a bummer. I was very, very sick. Yeah. And you had all the medicines. I had all the medicines. She did have the medicines. She wasn't put in quarantine Without for that medicines, my God. Years. I probably would have died, honestly. Yeah. It felt like it. I like how your stories always have like a, and this is what we have learned. Like your 911 story, and now we've learned about hand hygiene. I like to learn things. You like to learn things. And then pass on my knowledge to I the people. Our, Wash your hands, people. Our tight community of people. <laughs> Me and Sarah. Still let's wash our hands. (laughs) This is a tight community. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys, to Boydston's Smorgasbord Smorgasbord episode about Typhoid Mary. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghosts at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right. Thanks so much, guys. We will catch you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.